We are we are we are recording live from Cox Towers. Yeah, we're on location. Mm, location. On location in Cox Towers. Alright. Um I can't remember what we said we were gonna do, but we'll just work it out. <laughs> yeah. Chef Cox's cooking corner. You, want, you should you should I think you should open us up, KB. I feel like you've got a bit of froth and bubble and potential energy. A bit there. of froth and bubble. <laughs> Alright. I'll open us up with a bit of froth and bubble. Here we go. It is a Barry Bullock hour. 54 recording on December 28th. It is the uh, the 360 300 and uh, what would it be 361st day of the year. All oh, right, that's what you were going. Sorry. Yeah, I did not prep that at all. <laughs> no, I, did, I was gonna. What I was gonna I've say. I actually got that written down. It's the 362nd day. It's in my. How diary. many days are actually yeah. left? There's three days left. So yeah, yeah. it's the 362nd day of the year. It's the. Oh, this, I've always this, wondered what that's for. But in my diary, it has what day number yeah. of. Yeah. I could have used that before <laughs> I opened my big fucking mouth. <laughs> I was gonna say it's the 362nd day of the year 2021. It is the third day of the Boxing Day. Test with um, between uh, Australia and England, which we were in attendance up until the hour of midday, um, when not even halfway through the five days allocated for this match of cricket, um, the game's over. Uh, Australia dominant. Um, a little bit disappointing to not get a full day's play and a little bit more value for money on the ticket front, but when we thought, hey, what can we do in Richmond that could be fun to round out this <laughs> lovely summer's afternoon? And so we've hoofed it straight around to Cox Towers. We threw some pieces of bark at the window to see if Eric was home. And as it turns out, Eric was not home. Not he was off getting some groceries from the supermarket and returned to find us throwing bits of bark at his window. <laughs> it would have been a weird sight. What did, what did you yeah. think, Eric, when you saw him? When you saw, did you see us throw any of the bark? He oh, thought, oh, England was shit. Yeah. No, I saw some guys lingering outside the house. And being in Richmond, I knew the test had just finished. So I thought it was just roving drunks. And it, I was right. You were right. <laughs> 100% correct. <laughs> no, it was a lovely a lovely surprise to come home to. And we thought, well, maybe we'll just have a few beers. And then we thought, well, maybe we'll just do a cheeky little episode of the Barry Bullock Hour. So here we yeah. are in Cox Towers on this lovely summer's day post-cricket episode. Welcome. 54. Um, we've got a little assortment of beers here. We've got, we've sort of gone spontaneous on the beers. Um, had a little uh, a trip down Swan Street to grab some brews. I'm drinking the rather delicious uh, Banks Brewing Juice Fit, which is a uh, double dry hopped uh, hazy IPA, which I've had before. Very nice, very juicy. Brewed down in uh, Seaford here in Melbourne. Um, very tasty. Uh, Eric, what are you what are you nibbling on over there? This one, I've got a moon dog from just up uh, over the hill. Uh, this is their lager. Something nice, something easy for a nice, warm summer day. Which nice. it is, a beautiful day. And to you, the C-Mac attack, what are you uh, nibbling on over there? Well, we, we, we got a magnificent deal down at the Black Heart of the Was Stars a good deal. On the Bright Brewery Blowhard Pale Ale, which is, um, I think it's the quintessential mm. pale ale. It's not overly hoppy or overly fruity. It's um, it's the sort of beer I think Albie would like. It's it's a hmm. it's a it's a pale ale that tastes like beer. So it's not um, tastes like beer. Yeah, it, it does. It's not a Victoria bitter. But, <laughs> but Eric, it tastes you, like you beer. seem to enjoy it. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. And I and I like it too. So it's a nice middle ground, and I'm enjoying the fact that Kieran hasn't had one yet. But um, I'm enjoying not, the fact that both not. Eric and I liked it because, as you all know, what I really <laughs> want in the world is for everybody to get along. <laughs> <laughs> very good well it's um 
we're, we're sitting here in the, the post-cricket fog, the post-Christmas fog. Um, if you don't mind, gents, I'm going to kick it off with a quick, a quick bone. Excellent. Just a very brief bone about Christmas. I'm sure there's plenty of people that have a little bit of bone uh, of contention about things that transpire during Christmas. I'm actually just going to very briefly um, go after something that I actually noticed in the lead-up to Christmas. Um, and I have to say, i got a bone to pick with Christmas crackers. Oh. <laughs> Christmas crackers are the fucking worst. They are... I, I don't think there is any other item on the planet where, where proportionally the amount of resources that go into it versus the amount of actual time that is spent enjoying the Christmas cracker. You think about it, it's like it's expensive cardboard, there's little plastic novelties, there's clearly effort that goes into the Christmas cracker. There's probably billions of Christmas crackers that are produced every year, and they are literally put on a table, you pull them, you crack them open, you look at the crap toys inside, and then they just get all straight in the bin. The amount of Christmas functions that I go uh, in the month of December to go and work at, and there's Christmas crackers on the table, I just think, just like... 99% of all this stuff is going to go in the bin. And also, the time that you get joy out of it Mm. is is nothing more than a handful of seconds. And I just think, like, we went on such a global rampage about plastic straws. Remember two years ago when plastic straws were just like... You know, you'd cut open a dead dolphin and it was just there's thousands of plastic straws. (laughs) You know, we demonised straws and, you know... And then we got rid of straws and, you know, we, we switched them out for straws that are made with paper and just collapse the second that you suck on them. You know, and we went, yes, we're saving the planet. We got rid of straws. <laughs> I think Christmas crackers have to be next. They're cheap, they're crap, and they're wasteful. Absolute yeah. waste. Get rid of them. Fuck them right off. Reasonable. I, I think, think so. I, I think, think so. That. Yeah. I'm going to hop onto that. I went to, uh, I went to family Christmas with my cousin, Anathea, who's just got back in the States. And so Anathea wanted to do a big, 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 big beautiful Christmas. And Anathea is a very organised, accomplished woman. And so Christmas was Christmas was was well run. Everybody knew what they were bringing. Mm. The level of catering was extremely sensible. I liked all those elements about it. Because yeah. Christmas can be horrifically wasteful. And what I was surprised when I was tasked with getting some dips. Yeah. And 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 the crackers. Dips and crackers, yeah. So my brain wasn't working well, and... Not ideal. I read that text message as, like, the cheese and dips, and the Christmas crackers. Like, oh, the, the no. Christmas crackers. That's how, I, that's how I read that, right? So I had... I drove back from Canberra via my dad's place. It lives just outside of Beechworth. And I drove back Christmas morning, and I knew the IGA on Sydney Road was open on Christmas morning, and I went to the IGA on Christmas morning, and I'm furiously running around before my cousin comes to pick me up and take me take me to Christmas. I'm furiously running around looking for crackers, right? And I asked the guy at the front, the manager, like the owner of the store was there, and he was like, oh, I don't think we have any. I'm looking, looking around for the Christmas crackers, and I'm like, well, look. There's no Christmas crackers to be had for ready money, so I didn't have them. And I, I got to Christmas feeling a bit sheepish. I had some nice cheeses and I had some dips and yeah. I had some um, I had some biscuits to put the cheese and biscuit cheese and biscuits and cheese and biscuits cheese and biscuits and yeah. dip. That's that's the thing, right? Yeah. And and as we're driving in the car, I was telling this story, and as I told this story to my cousin and her family, 
I realized that the message meant like <laughs> like crackers and dips because I wouldn't call those crackers in general. I think that's I think that's a that's a mm. I, 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 I wouldn't refer to it as cheese and crackers. I'd refer to it as cheese and biscuits. Well, see, I go cheese and crackers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I got there, and then the theater had actually specifically not wanted crackers. Uh, Christmas was, crackers. The waste was, is the hey! wasteful. So there you go. It's a full circle one. And the, the, this is the kicker, though. The biscuits that I got, I got those fancy kind of fig and, you know, oh, like yeah. gluten-free type. Real, they're, they're real nice. They are. And big bowl letters on the front of them, it says, fig and, fig and date crackers. <laughs> <laughs> And I bought those a couple of days before, so I'd had the crackers all along. The truth was inside wow. me, you know, like it was Christmas that kind miracle. of beautiful moment. It was a Christmas miracle, yeah. So there's my story. A Christmas miracle makes, like makes us. I should say that makes us seem like we uh, we we conspired. To uh, make did. sure that our stories were thematically linked, we really did. We did not. Kieran started telling that story, and I thought, "Oh my god, that's I why got a panic story I, for that's you." That's why I panicked when I saw you'd written no. down crackers. I thought, "Geez, if he picks a bone with Christmas crackers, I'm also glad that that story didn't involve you actually buying Christmas crackers." Yeah, after that I would just, have been very after, after I just said. And not quite so many words. That if you buy Christmas crackers, You're you a, are a, a dolphin murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to get all the negativity out of the way, I, I thought, and, and as we were, we did start the podcast talking about cricket. Yes. I have a, I have a small bone that you two are already aware of. Yes. So it's not new information, but for our <laughs> dear listeners, we went to the cricket and we weren't anticipating it was going to be a long day because no. England's Not batters, a full day. We didn't think we were going to get a full day of cricket here. No. I think there's going to be a result sometime during day three. Mm. England's batters have not done well. And we, we figured it was inevitable that at some point, it was quite likely that the game the game was going to end at some point today. Yes. We did hope that it would last slightly longer than an hour and 20 minutes. Now, yeah. I bought these tickets for my for my dad and for you and, and mm. spent a reasonable amount of money on them. And there was speculation as to whether we get some sort of a refund if it mm. didn't last the first session of the day. That was my sort of belief. And so that if you don't get a full session, you should be getting a refund. There seems to be some sort of logic to that. Because when, so. you, when you go to cricket, you are paying for entertainment, right? That's 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 yes. what you're essentially doing. If you pay, pay, mm. And I would say that an hour and 20 minutes entertainment, given how much some people paid for their tickets, that's, that is a rip-off. That is not, not a lot. Not, not reasonable. Cricket Australia's policy is if you see a, a, a result of any description, so you could go along for 10 overs and see a result, don't get a refund. Which... Yes, I think their refund policy that we did look up is, is probably largely based on rain. The 15 over rule and yeah. the result rule is like, okay, so if you go there and you see 10 overs and it gets rained out, you might get a refund. But if you see a result, then that's okay. We got caught in a bit of a damp spot because... I think if, if Australia had been right on the verge of victory overnight, mm. they would have made all the tickets free. They would have just said, well, this is inevitable. They're going to get these last two wickets and it'll be over. So just come down for free. We'll open mm. the gates. We want lots of people to come down. But because England started the day four down, 
Yeah, and admittedly, you didn't expect them to get rolled. In not the first a good hour. start, but you kind of thought you could see some resistance here. They could noodle out 150, 200 runs, set yeah. Australia 100. This, yeah. this could be stretched out to the tea break, and instead, England just capitulated even further. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think I think it is a bit of a black spot, and and look, extenuating circumstances, blah blah blah. Yeah. But here's my actual bone. This is my actual bone. Mm. What I was pissed off about was we were sitting around in the sun. It's my dad's birthday. We had snu- I'd snuck in a beer. Because you know, <laughs> that's what you do. And um, no, Kieran bought me a very beautiful beer for my birthday, and delicious. I wanted to share it with him in the sun. Delicious garage project. Emphasis peach sour from the Wild Workshop. Great times. Very tasty. Emphasis on the sit in the sun. And because it was still before midday, the sun hadn't actually reached our seats no. that we paid a considerable amount of money for mm. in the Great Southern Stand. Yes. The sun hadn't actually fucking reached us. Mm. We're sitting there. Game was over. Everyone was filtering out. And then the security guards had the temerity to start shooing people out of the ground before twelve fucking thirty. <laughs> you've paid, crazy. you've paid a, a lot of money, yeah, for for a good seat at the cricket, and they're shooing you out of the empty stadium. Yeah, I think that is outrageous because part of what you're paying for in your ticket, a large part of what you're paying for in your ticket, is all the staffing of the of the yeah. venue. They're still getting that money. And yeah. you, Kieran, you suggested they're trying to reduce costs. I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong that they they are allowed to do that. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be allowed to reduce costs. They've paid for the venue hire, and that includes the wages of the people to keep the place open. Maybe close it down. You know, maybe close it down after lunch or something. But people should be entitled to hang around as long as they fucking want. Yeah, I I would imagine that the security guards are all on an hour hourly rate, and so they're like, right, sign them off and get them out of here. Um, yeah, but that I, just, I think, that's, I think you, you are, still paid for something. I paid for an experience today, Yeah, and I got yeah. an hour and 20 minutes of cricket, and I was shooed out maybe like... Forty minutes after that, I was going to say we we, we weren't we weren't in the MCG for more than two hours. Yeah, I think that's outrageous. Because did we see the first ball? We did see the first ball. Yeah, we got yeah. there for the first ball. And I am genuinely so we were in there. We were in there the just before just this. before ten thirty for the first ball. Yeah, and we were probably you're right. We were probably out of there by twelve thirty. And that was with the presentation of the man of the match, Scotty Boland, the great Victorian hero. Great times. Get him up here, I want to him. Twelfth man reference there. And then also, like, we watched the the Munty kids come out and have a yeah. bit of a hit for a while. <laughs> One of those kids was smashing sixes, though. Good kids. The least Munty of them. And then after the um, after the halftime entertainment, which is the Munty children, got shooed away, it was, yeah, yeah, there was most people that left. I don't know. I just, I don't like being shooed away by security guards at the best of times. But when you've already had this disappointment of, oh, great, the, the, it's done. I he did have a, a, I think that was petty. I he did have was, a good line, though. He said, blame England. I was like, yeah, yeah. it's a fair oh, line. I, it, a wasn't with line. The, it wasn't specifically with the security. It's the policy, the policy that they're yeah. allowed to shoo people out. That's obviously, I, I, you know, definitely not having a go at the guy. He seemed like he had a good sense of humor. Um, he probably wanted, he, he probably doesn't want to be sent home either. No. Yeah. He probably wants a full day's wages. Yeah. So, wrong. I'm with MCC, you. We, 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 they could have left Australia. us in there for another hour or so. You don't, have to let us, you don't have to let us on the pitch. You just send, send half the, the security sun. guards home. By all means. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I got an idea here on this, and I think oh. it's, it's something that might, I don't know, revolutionize things down here. In America, we've got our <laughs> games figured out that you have like a start 
condition of the game and an end condition. You can kind of figure it out and you know, oh, I'm going to get a full game, start to finish. <laughs> I'm going to see the start of the match. I'm going to see the end of the match and I'm going to be satisfied. And you, I think you guys should think about that in cricket. I don't know. This, like this five-day thing and maybe it could end after two Ooh. days. Maybe it couldn't end after five. Who knows? I'm, I'd like to start a... I'd like to sort of start a, some sort of a petition here. You know, you know my feelings about 2020 cricket. Right? In general, yeah, I think it's popcorn. But, but, it's Big Mac. It's Big Mac I feel fries. like you're missing an opportunity here. There were 75 overs in the day left to play. Yes. 75 overs. My vote is you've got professional cricket players who are out there. They paid a match fee for a day. Send them out there and have a, have a smack. You want, you mix see, up the teams. You, you want play. To... You, you, you get no. You you know what you do. You get root on one side and you get Cummins on the other side, and they pick teams. Pick teams. Like one it. team on it. They play like a ten over match. That'd be awesome. How that, good would that be? That would be that would be incredible. How good would that be? That'd be so entertaining. It it does it does remind me ever so slightly, and I think I've I, I've either picked a bone with this on the podcast before or. I just picked a bone in our natural conversation. Um, hard to differentiate the two mm. sometimes, but I've got a bit of a bone um, to pick with the uh, third place Rugby World Cup playoff that they do. So mm. quarterfinals mm. of the Rugby World Cup, I think they do it in the Football World Cup as well. Don't think they do it in the cricket. I don't think the cricket they bother. Um, uh, in the in the semifinals, if you win, you obviously go to the final. Yeah. Um, if you lose, for, you for, play. for me, and then if you lose, you play this ridiculous third place playoff mm. to get a. They call it the bronze medal match. Yeah. Hey, this ain't the Olympics. Like, if you're yeah. in a tournament structure and you lose the yeah. semifinal, you're out of the tournament. You've yeah. lost. Like if I was if I was an All Black or a Wallaby or a Springbok and I lose the semi-final I want to have a few beers with my boys I want to commiserate I want to get on a plane I want to go home because yeah. you, everything you've been building up to is to win this yes. tournament yeah. I want to then go home so my question to you is do you think do you think Ben Stokes after you know <laughs> missing a fairly straight fairly innocuous delivery on like the third over today and getting just knocked over do you think he really wants to come out an hour later okay, my, my, and play a little pickup game? My counterpoint to that is Ben mm. Stokes is a professional cricket player. He gets paid a fuckload of money to play to play a game and 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 it's commodified. You are paying for an entertainment, for a piece of entertainment. Yeah. And you pay a lot of money for the for the privilege of betting and being able to see that entertainment live. And that's Cricket Australia's terms. That's on Cricket Australia's terms. If that's the that, if that's the way that the game runs, yeah. if that's the way that they understand the game, then we're getting stiffed. That's true. We're getting stiffed. And, I, and I am not in disagreement that we got stooged today for the amount of I, entertainment we received. I also think... What's, what is the fair compensation? You're saying a 10-a-side pickup game? Well, I just think I that's like a it fun idea. idea. I, I think like, that's just no, a... I, I like it a lot. I like it. <laughs> How much fun would that be? Yeah, I'd watch that. Lay down lay down your weapons, lay down your weapons, and let's just have let's just have a meaningless mm. game of 10, and a, 10 over. Tippity! How good would that be? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they'd never do it. But I like it. How good would it be? It'd be pretty good. But here, okay, so here's a devil's advocate for me, and I, I have no dog in this fight. I don't care about cricket at all. But to say <laughs> you're in Australia say, now, you're, no, that's true. That's that's so you do have a dog. You do, you do care. Oh wait a minute, Eric. yeah, you do care. I can but, see your citizenship certificate right true. there. Eric. Proof in the pudding that you care about cricket. Very deeply. Yeah, yeah, and there's Very a cricket deep. ball right in the middle of it. Yeah, and so okay, so well, here's my thought. Okay. If uh, is is you guy uh, you guys seeing 
bang, 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 wicket in uh, six or seven wickets in the span of 80 or 90 minutes? Is that not enough excitement for you? You got a day's worth of excitement banged into one quarter of it. No, because you guys are saying, about. You guys are saying, oh, I want to sit there all day. That, that's not all day, but there is a... There is. We got caught in the window of the game was not inevitably over, such as they could then offer you free admission. That happens in Test cricket. Sometimes I they guess go. That's true. This yeah, game's yeah, pretty much over. In. Come in yeah. tomorrow. The gates will be open. Freebies. The in game was not of... at that point at stumps last night. This was like England. Went. England could capitulate. They could also pile on. You know, Stokes and Root could have put on a hundred and fifty for the next mm. wicket. Mm. Would have pushed the match deep into the third day. Mm. So we kind of got stiff there. I, what if you're saying, okay, what if you're saying, oh, I went to this boxing match, but it was a huge knockout 90 seconds in, I want my money back. You still saw an awesome, oh, wow, I saw this awesome outcome in a really exciting, quick way. I think you understand that get... that's like, the, I, I feel like in boxing, <laughs> that's kind of part of the, yeah, that's, well, that's kind of, that's kind of part of, that's part of actually the excitement is the, yeah. is the, mm. The test cricket's not. It, that's not what it's about. It's I not guess. about the bang, bang, bang. It's about the the rhythm and the yeah. the slowness and yeah. It's not. It's not that sort of game. I don't go to test match cricket to watch twenty twenty essentially. And I think if it was the two best boxes in the world and it was over in ninety seconds, you part of you would go, "Oh, I did just witness something incredible." I think another part of you would be going, <laughs> "I kind of wanted to savor this dish, yeah, for a little bit longer." Like if it was. Uh, Muhammad Ali versus, you know, Evander Holyfield or whatever. The guy. I know that they're not in the same generation. Exactly but if you had the number one and two boxes and there was a knockout in the first round, you'd be like, oh, that was kind of incredible. But also, I wanted that to last a bit longer. You know, you want to yeah. enjoy it. And that's kind of what it felt like today. This is the ashes. This is the pinnacle of cricket. Yeah. Even though England aren't that good at the moment, you kind of just hope that there'd be a bit more fight and a bit more. And they just sort of, they just folded in, yeah. a, in a way that was rather ungainly. Yeah. And I'll be writing that in my uh, test match <laughs> report for crickinfo.com that England's performance was ungainly. So, Eric, I know that you've been... Um, I think you've got something... Oh you've got something boy. stewing. Something uh, something percolating. I was going to say yeah. something cooking. It's always, yeah. always dangerous when we go to Cox Towers that there's going to be some sort of... Uh, Surprise lurking for us in the kitchen. We asked Eric whether yeah. he had a whether he had a science offering. Yeah, no, this one this one isn't a scientific. Well, in that it's a culinary science, but I don't think it falls under <laughs> Doctor Eric, which is more about the grotesque, the monster, uh, the monstrous uh, things that I can think of. This is. Well, uh, Shea uh, Eric, Shea Eric, Shea Eric, the finest uh, beer bar in Richmond. Uh, what we'll call it, uh, uh, not Kaka Van, Coxaw Beer. Uh, uh, we'll figure something out here. I'm not convinced you know what any Eric, of those We already words came mean up with a name isolation. for this segment. It was oh, solid. What was it? What was it? Chef Cox cooking. Chef oh. Cox's cooking in corner. Oh yeah, but well, it just rolls off the tongue. Okay, that's true. Yeah. You're not happy with Cox Oven? Cox Oven. Yeah, I'll get it. Uh, no. Uh, well, anyway, I'm gonna step step away into. Uh, oh, he's doing up his shirt. He's yes, doing he's up, up his shirt. He's, he's doing up his shirt. shirt. I'm gonna put on my chef's hat here <laughs> on the apron, and I'm just gonna disappear a little Eric, bit. When you say your chef's hat, 
If you come back out in your VB cap. <laughs> that, that would, I'd just like to be very clear, that would suggest that Eric Cox was sitting here with his shirt open. I'd like to say that that was not the case. Eric was not sitting here with his shirt. I mean, actually, you're actually putting on an apron. Well, the, oh, yeah. Eric takes science very seriously. He also takes cooking very, very seriously. Very seriously. It's, a, it's a, a feast for the senses, a good can of beer is, and which is why I enjoy oh, VB so much. much. <laughs> the scents and the sights and the smells and you the tastes. You look handsome that. in that... Um, that that get up, Eric. I think it's it suits you very nicely. Is <laughs> that I'm gonna go into the facilities here? Well, yeah, thank you. Thank into you. the facilities. So, Chef Eric, Chef Eric, Chef Cox, um, Chef yes. Eric, what have you got for us? Like, did you want to talk to us about your menu today? Yeah, can you set it up for us, or is it just yeah, gonna be a minute of awkwardness while you, I don't know, mix mix Angel Delight with a VB yeah. to create some sort of disgusting <laughs> vanilla beer pudding? It's, uh, uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna paint a picture for you. You're, you're sitting. Oh boy, it's July, and uh, uh, you're celebrating Bastille Day on the banks, uh, the banks of the, the Seine in uh, in Paris, and you're sweltering under that hot continental sun, and you're sweating through your beret, and you're thinking, boy. What, uh, what, uh, what can I have to possibly cool my thirst here? Oh, um, let's see. <laughs> so you got a little uh, of this and a little of that. You stop into a nice facility, a nice shop. On a the, nice uh, facility. A boulangerie? a boulangerie? Is that a boulangerie? Is that the one? A patisserie. A patisserie. Well, we don't know what you're making, Eric, so this is actually oh, a bit yeah, tricky yeah. for us. A bakery. Am I French in this scenario, Eric, or am I just a tosser yes, wearing a beret? No, you're both. Uh, you're both French. Okay, so we're not uh, tosses. You're both French. So, and you, you spy this waiter, and he, uh... <laughs> yeah, is he a handsome waiter, Eric? Does he have a, a shock of red hair? Uh, he does. He does have a shock of red hair, and he's wearing his apron, and, uh, he says, uh, boy, monsieurs, you've, uh, you've come to the right, you've come to the right place, and I'm gonna serve you, uh, my, my specialty. We call this, uh, uh, caca beer. Um... <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> I don't know if I want to eat slash drink something called cocker beer. Well, it's a bit of a mouthful, yeah. Uh, oh, better be uh, portion size. All right, oh, here we go. Right. Giving you some instruments. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. So I'm putting down in front of you a glass. Yep. With wow. uh, there's some solids in there too. I'll let you oh, have a whiff, have a look, have a. Think. Now, is there a guessing element, or are you just making us something outrageous? Uh, is there a guessing? Can, is there a game element? You, want. you can guess if you want. So we've got a we've got a glass like of beer. Sorbet. It does look a bit like a like a beer float. Except, is this actual ice cream, or is it... I think it's... Is it like lemon lemon gelato kind of mm. part? You've got a fine fine palate, sir. <laughs> it is... Uh, yeah, this is a, a Moondog oh, Lager so and a lemon sorbet. And a lemon think, sorbet. That's delicious, Eric. I think it's an excellent summer treat. And I didn't want to put this to you as a science corner gross-out thing, because I think this is truly a nice thing to have on a hot summer day. Well Beer with a scoop of uh, sorbet in it. Chef Eric, you've done it again. Kieran has got a foul look <laughs> on his face. I don't mind the taste. I don't mind the taste of the individual components. Conceptually... I'm just trying to work out conceptually where this has come from, Eric. <laughs> or if you were just standing in your kitchen one day and thought, maybe I should put this sorbet into my beer. 
Did well, you see a beer float and go, hey, this might work with sorbet? I've never had a beer Did you go to Moondog <laughs> and they served this and you're just outright ripping it off? Like, oh, what's the story grew, behind the oh. conception? Well, I grew up loving uh, uh, root beer floats and, like, the idea of an affogato or something, just dropping a nice uh, bit of ice cream into mm. some coffee. And mm. I thought, boy, I don't... Um, I don't like this Heineken. It was a Heineken I was drinking. One of my neighbors moved out and he said, I'm trying to get off the piss. Do you want this slab of Heineken? And he Spoken gave like me, true and I said, like, no, not really. And but... I said, oh, well, I'll take it. And uh, so I took it and it's just been slowly making its way through my fridge. And I thought, oh, well, some sorbet could be nice. And, uh, and uh, it's just kind of but inspiration you put, struck. You've done this with the Moondog Lager, though. This is mm. not, did you make your way through all the Heineken? I did actually well finish the Heineken going, eating this on my well, own. Congratulations, Eric. Well mm. done. You got through a slab of Heineken. Yeah. That's an achievement. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, okay, well, I've got a Cali Mocho update for you oh, guys. Oh boy! Excellent. I feel like it's this been podcast. A few episodes since we've had a Cali Mocho update. I've been going through the I've been going through the mailbags, the view, the listener mailbags, and they're saying, <laughs> "Boy, we love the content on the Barry Bullock Hour plus Eric, but we've got, <laughs> but we've got Barry Bullock got, Hour plus Eric." You've oh, got, I'm not changing the name. Oh, well, okay. Well, <laughs> I'll put that. Well, I appreciate the subtle input there. Um. And they say, well, we like the content, but it's a little bit too narrow. Like, you talk about your favorite city beers, your your, your Melvin bitters, and your favorite regional beers. No, we never Victorian say that, Eric. Bitters, we never say Victorian that. Bitters. Uh, and they say, but we want to see more. We want to see a global, global scope. And so here's something that I picked up from one of my dear colleagues at the office. You know who else loves the Cali Mocho? The Spanish. They're, well, there's uh, about a billion more of them. The Chinese. The Chinese. The Chinese love Calimochos. Really? They don't know them as Calimochos, but I was speaking to one of my Chinese colleagues who says that uh, as wine has been introduced more and more to China, yeah, 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 yeah. the Chinese palate is not up to it, and so it's very common to mix Coca-Cola into red wine. Really? And it's also not uncommon to mix a Sprite or a lemonade into a white wine because... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's a shandy. You do right? that it's here. It's a shandy, yeah. What? No, a wine a spritzer. is a... Oh, a spritzer. Oh, okay. No, a shandy. Shandy is beer. Beer and Oh, beer. Beer and... Sorry, you're right. It's white wine and lemonade or white wine and sparkling yes, water is a spritzer. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like my early adoption of the Cali Mocho, uh, my unknowing adoption of it, is, is going to endear my, uh, this podcast to the Chinese listeners. And I think we're all on, on record saying that we support the Chinese Communist Party. And, <laughs> Are we, and, Eric? Uh, is that... Um... We, yeah, we're very much anti-Western devils. And uh, uh, yeah, Xi Jinping is... Uh... I mean, I am a bit anti-England today just because they were so rubbish. But I don't, I don't know... No, if I'm necessarily going to call them white devils, but yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, well, we'll circle back to that. Anyway, I'm trying to win us some Chinese listeners here. Nice, so yeah, nice. Sell, sell uh, our souls to Chinese. Well. Yeah. I think you've done well, Eric. Well, anyway, yeah, so it's not just the uh, the the uh, Spaniards that are on it. Uh, it's Chinese many, many Chinese. more people. Yeah, so nice. I was surprised to see that. Well played, sir. You mentioned um, you mentioned Heineken's. That I got a little flashback there. The first time that I ever had alcohol... Purchased for me underage at a party to go to a party um, was a friend of mine in school had a, was going to have a house party because her parents were away. Classic, classic comedy setup the there. Stuff that American high school movies are made of. Very much so. And her friend, it was sort of a mutual friend, was like, "Yeah, my mum will go and buy us a whole bunch of piss. <laughs> Just give us the money in advance, and then we'll we'll set it up." So I, I gave her twenty bucks, and my order was. 
And this is this is sort of sixteen year old Karen Bullock. I'd yeah. like to make that yeah. very clear. No, 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 but no I ordered um, a, a six pack. pack of Heineken <laughs> and a four pack of passion fruit cruises. Yes. Oh. <laughs> For twenty bucks. I think so. Wow, that's yeah. cheap. And this is New Zealand in the in the early two thousands. Yeah, right. Possibly even sort of two thousand and one, two thousand and two. And that party was wild. That party got out of hand because this is in the days where mobile phones and text messages were just coming in. Yeah. And like everyone had a phone. Suddenly, everyone had the ability to communicate on the fly whenever they wanted. And so, word of this party spread via the gift of SMS. And it just got overrun with oh, like really? older kids from school, kids from other schools, uni kids. This place got absolutely trashed. The girl hosting the party, whose, whose family house it was, got absolutely clattered. Oh, she ended up passing oh out nice and early. And then she was passed out like in her, her bed. House. And her house was getting trashed. fully trashed. Like her dad had some really nice expensive scotch. Oh, People like got dear. into it, necked it, boozed it, smashed oh. it. Like, you know, walls got holes punched in them, all that sort of oh shit. Really? And so, like, there's a sort of group of us that were all friends. We were sort of gathering, going, what the fuck are we going to do? This party's getting out of hand. And I was like, well, this is a bit extreme, but I kind of feel like maybe we should call the cops. Like, just call the cops and say, look, we're at this party. It's noisy. Like, the neighbors should be complaining anyway. Yeah. Let's just get try and see if we can get a couple of cop cars to just come here and dial the place down a little bit. So we literally rang the cops and said, hey, can you just That's come hilarious. and, can you come and like just clear this place out for us and just do us a favor? They're like, ah, we'll send people around and see what we can do. Anyway, don't really remember what happened. The cops didn't do much. <laughs> so at some point we're like, we've got to do something here. So mm. I came up with the, the idea of turning the mains power off and turning all the lights to the house off. <laughs> so if I can turn you the lights. went light, to the fuse box. Went to the, found the fuse box, looked around, make sure no one was seeing me. Bang, killed all the lights of the mm. entire house. And then eventually, people started leaving because they're like, oh, the lights have gone out of the power. We're like, oh no, there's a power failure. It's a power cut. And eventually, so funny. people started leaving. And so, it, you know, and then like at one point, I was in the front room, like watching people leave and making sure people were leaving. Someone threw a brick through the window at me. What? <laughs> I'm like, oh, fucking hell. And anyway, Man. so we got the house cleared. That is a loose party. Yeah, it was a loose party. <laughs> she was pretty infamous, it has to be said. So anyway, we got the house cleared pretty much, turned the mains power back on. At that, that point, the girl whose party it was woke oh, up. Oh no. Came staggering she's out. like, what the fuck? She came staggering out into the lounge and she went, that was a hell of a party. <laughs> and I remember, I remember this dialogue word for word. I literally looked around the group and I said, who's going to tell her? <laughs> who's gonna tell her I was like the place has been fucking trashed uh, and then like oh. we kind of took her around the house and just went she... yeah you are in some trouble <laughs> grounded forever I mean I think so I mean not forever she's got a, a husband and kids now but at some <laughs> at some point you know, she's still grounded yeah she. I just remember the next because I think we all slept there I think we all just crashed on the couch I think the next day she rang her parents and she's like yeah I fucked up <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I feel like that's probably your own play, isn't it? You've got anyway, to... Penny. If you're listening, hope you're well. Hope the kids are. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But hey, we made a memory. Made we made exactly. a memory. You know. That's oh man! Very good, KB. Very good. High school in Christchurch. What a time! I've got a bold, ambitious plan for the Barry Bullock Hour. <laughs> Is it to do Shibuya 101 for the 101st episode? Yeah, expansion into China. <laughs> well. Okay. Almost, Eric. <laughs> Expansion into Africa. Oh, okay. Did you know 
that there is unclaimed territory in the middle of Africa uh. that you can just have. <laughs> if we wanted to start a country, we could do it. We could start the Barry Bullock Awistan. <laughs> Bullockistan. Okay. Cox and McDonaldistan. And then, <laughs> and central, central Africa, this is a, it's a pretty conflict-free area, correct? Is well, uh, we may need to fortify the border. We okay. may need to we may, may need to borrow from our Chinese friends and build a wall. Okay. Well, okay. It, so the border of Egypt and Sudan, that border um, got redrawn at some point. Mm. I can't remember why. I just assumed the British were involved, but whatever. For, for, for whatever reason, I can't remember. It's mostly because you hate England right now. Right now, yeah. No, I don't hate them. I just wish they showed a bit more cajone. And I don't mean I don't mean Joe Root like getting smashed in the dick and and like you know having to pull out his box and then the spider cam was hovering over his shoulder and Joe Root had to turn to the spider cam during the Adelaide test and go get out of here I'm like looking at my double swollen junk here that's just been smashed by Mitchell Stark at 145 k's an hour. Um, Forgot what I was talking about. Uh, you're talking about uh, claiming territory. Yes, danger, yeah. danger here, Kieran. Damn. As we are three white men. Claiming territory in Africa, maybe not our best play. I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just yeah, gonna yeah, run yeah. that one up the flagpole. Oh. See how. We are. To quote the big dog. To quote the big dog, uh, C Mac. I hear what you're saying. But just. I'm sure you've got a way out of this. Just stay with me on this. One. Okay, okay, okay. So the border between the border between Egypt and Sudan. Um, redrawn. Uh, it, it was redrawn at some point, and. Um, Without going through the specifics of the geometry of the actual line, what it did is so it. So it's cre- not in Central Africa. No. No. Okay. Good. good okay. Sorry. Yeah. But it's all hot and deserty. It's not a great that particular part. This particular yeah. part. Yeah. yeah. Solar panels are very much a key to the success of this venture, I should say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Energy exporter. Very so viable. the 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 border was basically um, redrawn. I can't remember the order, but it was either a straight line, then redrawn into sort of a jagged line, or it was a jagged line redrawn into a straight line. I can't remember the order in which it did. But what it did, the redrawing of the border, mm. created two disputed pockets. Because oh. the the straight line border cuts off two little sort of nubs of you know, mm. if you imagine if you imagine like a like that, yeah, and then there's a line going through the middle, you get like a little top bit and a little bottom bit, yeah. right? And basically, um, and that straight line border runs right out to the sea, and the the sort of large chunk of land th- next to the sea is the one that both nations want to claim, mm. right? Right. And because of the quirks of the border, in order to claim the big chunk of fertile land next to the sea, both countries have to cede territorial claim of the smaller inland chunk really? created by the straight line border. Oh, so there is a, a sort of, um, uh, what's what's a four-sided, not, not not a square, but a... Quadrilateral. Yeah, there's a, there's a quadrilateral, An plot, quadrilateral plot of land out in the middle of the desert in between Egypt and Sudan that is um, currently... Unoccupied by either country, no ca- no country claim because if they claim that, they lose their territorial claim to the the other part. Really? So you can theoretically, theoretically, claim. you can go. It's called Bertawal. You could go in there and you could claim it and start your own sovereign nation 
Or you could claim it for Australia, or I could claim it for New Zealand, and you could conceivably, if you had the money and the will and the political desire, you could go in there and start your own dang country. You could just take it. Why why are the uh, Bertualians not doing that? There's no people there. It's uninhabited. It's in the middle of the desert. No one wants it. Yeah, it's a free land. Eric, you were just talking about how your neighbours here, you know, they're paying half half a million for their apartment. Yeah. Bertoir would cost us nothing. Nothing. Except for all the setup costs. Well, yeah. You know. And yeah, those are investments, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm talking like lots of solar panels, <laughs> you build a wall to keep out marauders, you need a few helipads to ship supplies in and out, I build like some underwater it. storage tanks, bang! Barry Bullock, our nation! I think I think this has got legs. Okay, right? yeah. so it's uninhabited. That's it's, I think that's that's probably a critical bit of information. It's uninhabited and neither country wants claim to it. Yeah. Now you're sure it's uninhabited? Yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's no hint of colonialism. Well, I mean, there probably would be a little hint of colonialism. But my theory is if you make friends with the Egyptians and the Sudanese as maybe like maybe trading partners to help you sort of, you know, <laughs> maybe like you get your get your groceries sent in from Egypt and, you know, maybe you get some sort of, uh, yeah. you know, you, you, you can't just walk in there and take it. I, I'm, not, I'm not that maniacal to think that we can just walk into Bertoual and build a sovereign nation. I think you would have to glad hand the Egyptians and you'd have to glad hand the Sudanese. I'm just saying you can make your own dang country. The land is there. It's free. You know what house prices are like in Melbourne? You can build a fortress city of Barry Bullock-Auristan. All we need, all we need is... is about $20 million in startup capital. I was thinking at least a billion, but yeah. Yeah, probably, yeah, if you're prepared to put up with Jeff Bezos's farts, because obviously I'd offer him, you know, like the master, like one of the penthouse suites. You know, I hear he's a big farter. If you're prepared to put up with Bezos, really? yeah, well, I just completely made that up, but you know, famously. If you're prepared to share it with Bezos, I'm sure we could get the capital. I know he's stinky. I think that's why he shaves his head. He can't, can't keep his hair clean. What do you think, boys? You want to come and start a country with me? And, 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 and where would we do? Which is this for episode two hundred? Oh, 150 maybe 200 it maybe feels, 200, feels yeah. ambitious we've got well we're, that, we're just under 150 so like 146 episodes from now so that's a, so roughly 12 a month so that's right. good. that gives us just over a decade to gather the funding to build the sovereign nation in the middle of the assuming year assuming that somebody hasn't claimed it by then though I think people have tried claiming it but have they? I, my theory is if you're glad to end the Egyptians and the Sudanese Basically, you've just got to get the UN to agree to it, and then you're good to go. My favorite bit about all we this, Garen, is how confident you are that, that all of this could, could happen. I, I am, I'm enjoying your confidence. Well, that's the benefit of solar power. Solar power, a nice border wall. I think we can make it happen. I think I, I've got my hand up. I support it. Thank you. And I know my Very friends... Uh, anything involving a wall? My friends, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, I've got the American know-how that I can contribute to the wall. I can be my piece. And I think I can I can loop in Dr. Eric and uh, <laughs> uh, Chef Chef uh, Enrique uh, uh, to support it as well. Chef Enrique. So the uh, Enrique, I forget what I said. Uh, I forget his name. You say um, Cox of Van. Well, well, that's the name of the restaurant. Enrique. Oh, okay. Cox of Enrique beer. sounds good. Chef yeah, Enrique. Chef Enrique. Yeah. So that's five of us right there. And and, and Jeff Bezos. And, oh, and six Jeff Bezos. Yeah, yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. He's divorced now, so he wouldn't be bringing the wife. True. That's good. Dang, this bachelor pad we got going, yeah. <laughs> so there's just the five of us, six of us, living 
in the middle of the desert. No, I mean, we could, uh, we, I'm thinking it'd be some sort of like crazy fancy hotel, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know, yeah. Bring a little slice of Dubai into the middle of the desert, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But like a fortress city. Like, <laughs> like Carcassonne. Yeah, like Ripper. <laughs> desert Carcassonne. Get into that. Desert Carcassonne. Yeah. I can get That's into that. That's great. Well, thank you, KB. I, I, that's all right. I like that high thinking. Yeah, yeah. we've got to stretch this out a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, so. I'll, I'll start up a Patreon. You know, people <laughs> people can start donating to the cause. And yeah. hey, and if they donate enough money, maybe we'll we'll put a, 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 their name on one of the bedroom doors. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have like a uh, we'll have a um, a patron's wing <laughs> of the Desert Flower Oasis and Spa. You're also not gonna you're not gonna need to move to. Uh, uh, for tax for tax purposes either Monte Carlo Monte Carlo for tax no. purposes no no because I won't be earning any money <laughs> you'll be burning through it it's be building. burning through it <laughs> a castle in the middle of the desert <laughs> I think if Bezos wants to inhabit Mars I'm like mate what are you doing just Africa it's a little bit right there for you have a little rocket pad for Bezos's rockets great <laughs> helicopter pad rocket pad I feel like a lot of this is relying on Bezos that is true yeah <laughs> Yeah. How, how, how? I've got Amazon Prime Video. He owes me. <laughs> you've stepped out of Coxaw Beer and the Parisian sun's hitting you again and you're a little stumbly because <laughs> you've had seven or eight of the, uh, of the uh, Sorbet and Beers. You've uh, got to come up with a better name for the Sorbet and Beers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll think on that. And you step around the corner onto your next destination and you see a, a hunched, hunched old figure under his dirty shroud. <laughs> and you can't make out his face, but he says to you, Hey boys, you want to come with me? Oh, and you're thinking, uh, you're thinking, oh yeah, this sounds like a good time. I'm in a good mood here. And uh, <laughs> you had uh, three or four cocks on on Ben, and you're um... <laughs> and just on the side of the restaurant, there's a torch burning on the wall, and he pulls on it, and the door opens, and you follow him down the spiral staircase oh. into Doctor Eric's science lab. <laughs> you come again. And uh, he see you sit down on his couch, and it's a comfortable couch. And he says, "Well, would you guys like a drink here while you're while while we're settle in? We'll hang out for a while, and get you out of that sun." And you, being good guests, you say, "Oh, of course." And it seems like you're running out of energy, so <laughs> you've got you've got to get a little a juice in you. And this is a special concoction that oh, no. uh, uh, Doctor Eric has drained off of one of his vats. <laughs> He's taken. He's taken the embryo or the uh, the embryo that was growing out of the uh, in there, and he's removed it. And this is the juice remaining. And this will really perk you up. It's the fountain of youth, oh, Doctor Eric says. <laughs> it is uh, based in the the the, uh, the moon dog uh, uh, the moon dog tradition. But uh, and Cal Cal was earlier. He was talking about the beer he was drinking today from Bright Brewery up in the mountain. This also comes from a mountain. Uh, uh, it's. <laughs> and it will it'll perk you up. It'll cure what ails you. It'll uh, liven you up for a night on the town. This is an energized beer here. We'll call it uh, Mountain Moon. Mountain <laughs> Moon. Anyway, down that's the like hatchway. Moon, that's like Moon Mountain in from from Pokemon. That's a nice. Eric, moon. are you going to explain to people what atrocity you've just committed in this glass? Well, we're going to leave it to me. Because I had to watch you pour that while she waffled on. <laughs> You've Eric just poured Mountain Dew into a, a lager. No. <laughs> that is a disgusting colour. Eric's sipping it and he looks well, happy, so I trust him. Eric, I'm going nice. Down the hatch. Down the hatch, the half Mountain Dew, half Moondog. Goes down nice. smooth. I like it. Oh, here we go. Anyway, have you enjoyed your latest visit to Dr. Eric's Science Lab? <laughs> Kieran doesn't look happy. 
feel like the science has been <laughs> been becoming increasingly less scientific <laughs> over the last you. couple of well, I, I mean, was, I was pressured here. This is this is short term science. Kieran read on the internet that um, that if you put if you add hydrogen peroxide, which is the stuff you bleach your hair with, and is it bicarb soda? I can't remember. To Mountain Dew, you, you I... get a, a beverage that you can't drink, but you can see it in the dark, apparently. Apparently so. So Kieran watched a video on that, which was apparently a hoax, according to mm. the second thing that he wrote on the internet. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think rather than us you know, relying on the internet for our backup information, we should use our senses and see what happens if we add... Now, Eric's already given it a bit more juice. Like, clearly, this is mm. getting more visible in the dark, surely. Yeah. That makes sense, Oh, right? certainly, yeah. Um, have you got any bicarb? I do, I do, I do. All right, so a little bit more, a little bit more dew. Gross. <laughs> and a little bit of bicarb soda. Here we go. You're going to get in a cupboard? Is that what's happening here? get in a cupboard and see... Whether, well, I feel like that's the only scientific way we could do this. I mean, calling the science <laughs> seems like a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I'm not noticing any glowing. Dear God. It's been a weird year. It has been a weird year. Yeah. I think that's all we've got for our wonderful listeners for yeah episode yeah. episode 54 was it is this the wrap-up or are you just commenting I'm that it's been a weird no, year I'm, 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 I'm just trying to start the wrap-up start the wrap-up yeah i'm playing the music you know i'm just just subtly i'm in the, in the background i'm just on the piano <laughs> and i'm playing that i'm playing the wrap-up music just just gently really okay. got, got the okay. dampener right on okay <laughs> yeah um i've been Callum mcdonald you've been eric cox yes you've been kieran bullock that's true i have been yeah. And Nick Barry has been somewhere else, probably chasing after children. Yeah. My God, he called me the other day. <laughs> and immediately, his, both his kids just started, like, rampaging. And we, we, we spoke for about two minutes. He's like, he's I like, gotta go. He's like, I gotta go. The kids are, are, on, the, are on the loose. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like big that. dog, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, pal. He's like, I gotta go! <laughs> Don't touch that! <laughs> well, we assume this is probably the most likely way we're actually going to get uh, those wishes through to the big dog. Yeah. So to you, Happy big dog, Christmas. and to everyone else listens to the Variable Cow, we hope you had a great Christmas. New we year. hope you have a great New Year party time, and Jiminy Cricket, we hope it that, that 2022 um, brings us some relief Something. from the uh, troubles that have plagued this world of ours in the last couple of years. Hmm. Um, but that's it. Have a couple of beers, have a ripper, and Ooh. we'll see you next year. Yeah! Thanks.